Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back. Hope you're off to a great start. How, whatever time of day you're seeing this, or if it's middle of the week, end of week, hope you've had or are having a great week. Um, what I tried to do, I said this kind of at the start of the year, was once a month kind of have these panel discussions where we do a little bit of a deeper dive into the, some specific topics that we either get asked about or, or see as kind of one of the common things people have questions about. Uh, and of course, there's no escaping AI at this point. You know, it's it's kind of one of those things where if you haven't embraced it already, uh, you know, it's it's probably time to start doing that and and seeing how it can benefit you because it's only going to make life easier. I know a lot of the the scary points where it was going to replace, but at this point, I think people are noticing that it's not replacing; it's just enhancing and assisting. So uh, that's one of the the big things that I think a lot of people have been hesitant on. So I brought in two people who have been strong proponents of use of AI in the job search, just because um, you know they'll be able to speak a little bit more uh, knowledgeably than I will on the, the subject. So Avianca, Cedric, thank you so much for, for jumping on again um, in, in terms of being with me here and, and taking some time to, to break this down. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to be here, thanks. All right, so first question is just kind of the, the basic one. And, and as I alluded to, both of you have been strong proponents of use of AI in the job search and you know making sure that it's part of what you do when you're you're breaking that down. So kind of jumping back to when it kind of really hit you that this is something that people not only should be utilizing, but you know, some of the benefits that you started to see early on. So Cedric, I'll, I'll go to you first. What are some of the tools that you would say are you found were very beneficial early on and and as you were kind of utilizing AI uh, throughout, you know, coaching people on their job search, what were some of the pain points that you were seeing as well? Some of the frustrations people had early on when they tried to use different forms of, of AI to, to assist them. Yeah, so uh, I think like most people, I first started out with ChatGPT um, through OpenAI and you know just their initial version of it uh, which of course you know has its own different kind of challenges um, depending on what version you're using if you're starting out with the earlier version of course the the data set itself only extends up to what 2021 so anything beyond that point is is not necessarily going to be represented there so um you know i think jumping in there initially which was kind of the the launch point uh and then some of the pain points ultimately ended up really being focused more so on the prompting itself, understanding what to actually type directly into this bot um, in order to get the responses that you were seeking and the processes of like basically refining those prompts in order to, again, extract the information that you want and get to the point of, you know, producing, you know, whether it's uh, a set of questions or thoughts or potential ideas or even, you know, job titles associated to your, your skill set. Um, but outside of that, the the one thing I was kind of caution against and kind of worry about, honestly, um, if this could be a pain point, would be consideration for people's data and just knowing how important that is. So being mindful of, you know, the sensitive uh, nature of some of the information that you might want to put in there, you might want to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and just, you know, engaging people there um, and just making sure that people have awareness around use case, uh, but at the same time are knowledgeable about you know, some of the other aspects of it where, you know, you don't want to put your social security number in, into ChatGPT, for example. Um, but yeah, starting with ChatGPT uh, and then I've built out and started working with some other stuff, but I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So same question to you then, Abiyanka, and I, I know that you kind of use it for yourself and and that's one of the, the main reasons you and I connected 
weeks ago and I had you on was to kind of talk about how you were doing your job search a little differently. So, you know, what were some of those pain points for you? Because I'm sure it didn't all click at once. So what were some things that you tried out? You're like, no, I don't like this. Or, or some of the things that initially you you tried and were like, this, this is exactly what I wanted it to do. Yeah, I think the same thing that Cedric said, like learning how to communicate with with the system, like not really understanding as someone that was new to it. it it's not the type of thing that you can um, walk into and think that it's automatically fixed. You have to break AI and then it becomes fixed. It learns your rhythm. It learns your tone. It learns what you're looking for. Um, when I talk to a few of my friends or connections, I like to tell them that like I argue with chat GPT all the time because I'm like, depending on what I'm looking for, I have to, again, learn how to speak its language or how learn how to make it speak my language. Um, and also pivoting off to what Cedric said when he said being mindful of how much information you are giving to the generator um, about you. I know a lot of people as they go through and they're picking apart their resume um, sometimes that confidential information is still on the resume, all the way down to your address, all the way down to your email, your phone number. So again, yeah, being very, very mindful of exactly what you're putting in and what you're expecting to be extracted. Like you just really have to like fine tune your approach. Um, th th my, that was my biggest pain point, learning how to, to talk to it. Because I would look at it like, why isn't it doing what I want it to do? Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm saying all these things, I'm writing, I'm writing all these sentences why is it not, you know, producing the outcome that I'm looking for? So it's definitely learning the lingo for sure. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So you you both hit on chat GPT. And I think that's one of the, the primary ones that people think of when they, they think AI. But, you know, through your research or, or talking to other people that are, you know, similarly trying to utilize this or coach people on utilizing it. Now, what are some of the, the other tools that, that you have found to be beneficial or, or heard have been beneficial to others as, as they're exploring different options and not just putting them all their options in, in the chat GPT box? Ooh, I, there's so many out there. I've actually been really fortunate to connect with a few people who are kind of like AI nerds, like, like I am, like we find it very intricate and like kind of cool. We're, we're not on the other side where we're like, oh my God, like technology is taking over. We're more so like embracing it because we don't want to get left behind. Yeah. And um, there is a website called there's an AI for that. And just what it sounds like, there's simply AIs for just about everything. And so I have a spreadsheet of 500 different AI programs that I can use. And whenever I'm thinking of doing something, creating something, modeling something, I go to that spreadsheet and I hit control F and I find the right generator, you know, um, that's going to do the thing that I'm looking to do. But then it goes back to being a student again, because like you said, each platform is going to operate a different way. It's going to speak a different language. Um, Cedric, I'll pivot over to you to see what you got. Yeah. So for me, what I found is uh, it's actually important to learn more so about the large language models that are backing uh, a lot of the systems versus the bots themselves. Um, and I, I found that because one of the things that I did originally um, and this was kind of before the onset of what we see with G GPT-4, where you can create your own, mm -hmm. um, your own bot, essentially, um, or your own GPT, I guess they call it, um, your generative pre-change transformer, is uh, I actually set one up for the purpose of what I was intending to do and who I was intending to support. So like under the EduHustle brand, I created Eddie, which is the EduHustle AI bot 
Uh, but that was through a platform called Poe, Poe.com, where, you know, essentially anybody can go in and create their own bot um, based on whatever the premise is that you want. So for me, being someone who supports educators primarily and works in the edu- you know, the ed tech space and in the industry, I figured why not create a bot specifically for anybody who is transitioning out of teaching or the education space where they can go in and basically talk directly to this bot, in which case um, even, you know, shameless plug, like I even created a book. Mm-hmm. Um, which includes not only access to that bot. I mean, the bot's open for free. I can sh- share the link with people. But uh, within this, it also kind of breaks down the scope of use case for it, um, as well as like over 100 prompts. Because again, prompts being the pain point, you got to give people more information in terms of like, here's what you feed it versus just go here. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about it from that lens and perspective of what is it that people need? Who are the people that you're intending to serve? And then creating it based on that versus, you know, there, I mean, again, there's a bot for that. <laughs> you, you can find them for everything, but if you have a specific intent, yeah. you can, you know, essentially go in and create this thing. And it's honestly, I was thinking about this earlier when I was um, dropping my son off and I was like, it's, it's to the point where the, the building of it is not as intricate as people think when it comes to these bots, because again, if you set up a bot, for example, on Poe, um, it's going to be backed by the same large language models that we see, right? GPT or you know, ChatGPT, um, Claude, Instant, whatever the case is. But you just have an initial kind of scaffold for it. Like you are a bot that's going to help teachers get new jobs, blah, 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 right? Um, so then when they access it, the questions and the prompts are all based solely on that. And so are the responses. So the the building of it is not really like you don't have to know how to code or any of that stuff to set up a bot um you know if we i guess i'll close it out by giving i guess a uh you know an an analogy whereas you would think it's kind of like building this intricate you know uh you know piece of furniture in your house mm-hmm. in essence it's as simple as taking like an ikea table and screwing the legs in it's it's pretty much that simple and i think that that's the best use case in terms of what i've seen um for specifically creating things or or having access for people to use it. And I've done that also for like homeschool families. Um, so being able to produce it yourself and kind of had your touch to it uh, just makes everything a lot easier to to navigate. Yeah, definitely. And as someone who's assembled a lot of furniture, I appreciate the analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as, as I'm sure we all know, um, you know, when you're transitioning into something new, the the job search is is overwhelming in general. So now that if you're adding a, a new layer to it and utilizing AI, you know, people aren't going to know where to start. So, you know, we're, we're going to talk on some some specific things on how you can use AI to assist with interview prep and, and resume building. But um, you've both been on the show and, and I think we've both discussed, you know, the, the first step is just figuring out what you want to do before anything else. So, you know, when people come to you asking for advice or asking how you did it your, yourself in your job search, you know, how can you start to utilize algorithms to kind of give you some insight on, you know, not just where you can go, companies you can go, but what positions, occupations specifically you can target based on, you know, your skill set, you know. So starting that, the search that way, how can you coach them to utilize AI to figure out what they want to do with their next step? And I'll start with you, Cedric. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll save my, my, I guess, most prominent point for, for next, but an initial 
kind of jump in thing would be go if you go into chat GPT, whether it's you know the free version or GPT four, um, I would just start by just introducing yourself. I am a teacher with 20 years experience in K-12. Um, you know, I've taught math, science, reading. What are some other job alternatives or job titles that would align to my skill set? Hit send, see what it gives you. And then from there, it's it's a kind of volley back and forth where you'll get questions. Is this meeting your needs, whatever? And then you can kind of plug in more of your skill set, more of your expertise. And then it will, again, it will kind of frame and shape things and continue to give you just more refined answers. But I would just say, start with a simple thing of, this is who I am. This is what I've done. What else is out there for me? And getting, seeing what, it, you know, what the response is. And I, for me, I would definitely, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I would also say, think of ChatGPT as something that is an ebb and flow don't like throw everything at it at one time, give it in, in small segments. It's the same way we receive information. You have to kind of narrow down the focus mm -hmm. um, in order to make the algorithm really work for you or be more effective. It's almost the same way as how, you know, we are expected to look for a job. You have to literally clarify, like be, cl be clear, have clarity on what you're looking for. As, as Cedric said, your name is, I'm in this niche. I'm in this industry. I'm looking for this. And it can it can produce it for you. You just have to again. It's it's the language and the way that you present the information. You don't want to give it too much at once because then it'll be all over the place, and you won't have you know any type of idea of where you're going or what you're really looking for. It, it gives a lot of information, which is which is great. Um, but if you are trying to be specific, then you need to use specific keywords or specific specific phrases. Like you just don't need to just I you know, think I want to do this and I really like doing this too. And what kind of job should I have? Or what's the next title I should have? It's, it's, you know, you don't want to be redundant. You just want to make sure again, that you're being very specific on what you're looking for to keep it, you know, straight streamlined. Yeah, for sure. That And there's the, the human aspect that's always going to play a part. You know, you're not going to say, what can I do? And it'll give you two <laughs> options and you're like, okay, that's what I'm doing then. So but <laughs> you said, you know, as you use it, have you found success? You know, how beneficial was it when you're breaking down? These are the skills that I have. Um, This is what I'd like to do. Did it spit out ideas to you that you were, did the research and, and then found, you know, yes, I absolutely do want to do this. Or have you heard of people doing that and, and they've, they've had similar success? Is this me or said? Either one of you, yeah. <laughs> you can jump in, go ahead. Thanks. I was going to say for me personally, I can't speak for all people. Um, Chat GPT, honestly, AI, the diff the various ones that I use, they've actually opened up some Pandora boxes in my brain and have helped me see within this thing that I want to do several different other boxes. You know, the little Russian dolls that they have and they just get smaller and smaller. Like I've, I've, played on that pendulum before where I'm like, wow, I never even thought, you know, that I could actually pivot to that. So it's helped me be like, let me stop applying in this particular um, title per se. Let, let's say, you know, people operations. At one point that was very oversaturated. What else can I do that's in the operations segment? And then it, it gave me those blocks to where I was like, aha, so I can leave this part alone and go focus on a different name or a different title, you know, that falls underneath people operations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So then Cedric is someone who's also coaching people, you know, to use this, have, have they come back to you and said, hey, this really helped it 
opened my eyes to this that that I never really thought of before as well. Yes, and I've I've seen more so than just um thinking about terminology and verbiage a lot of times is there's there's kind of some I guess misnomers and kind of loss in understanding of certain things. Like for example, uh the thing about the education system and the ed speak and things that we use there versus going and looking at like ed tech industry and the language that's used there, there you kind of have to be almost like essentially like bilingual. And whenever you're going into a system like this, it can basically provide that type of information and break down things where, you know, before you would have to dig, right? If you were doing a, a search online through whatever engine and it's like, well, what does this do? What did, you know, oh, a product associate, what, what, what do they do? What does that mean? What does the day-to-day look like? Where verse, instead of having to sift through articles, right, of information and find the answers that you're seeking, you can essentially get conversational responses back of like, this is what this person does, right? Depending on what, you know, what system you're using and, you know, how up to date and things like that it is, um, you can get more of like an in-depth look and perspective at aspects that might be interesting to you. So I I have seen it uh, happen that way. I mean, even for myself, just using it for, you know, just other aspects. Um, I mean, I've even used it just looking at health stuff, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm plant-based, like I don't eat meat or anything. So I'm like, all right, well, can you give me some some other potential ideas of like protein sources or, you know, and, you know, what are some, you know, some recipes using these ingredients and it can produce a formulation based on that. So if you just want to go further, then, I mean, there's, there's possibility for it. And then definitely for, you know, the job aspect of things, if you already kind of have your resume or, you know, your experiences on hand, you can basically say, these are the things I've done. What are the recommendations? And then based on each of those recommendations, right, whether it's, you know, customer success manager, or project manager, or whatever, then you can ask more questions more specifically related to those things to see if there's an actual alignment between your skill set, what you enjoy doing, and that thing that they that they said, right, they being the, the system, um, that it would make sense for you to potentially look at. Right, definitely. So then let's pivot to the, the resume interview prep help because that's a, a very useful tool as well. And obviously, if you type in, you know, what skills do I need to be uh, in ed tech and they'll break it down for you. And you can certainly just put that in there. You know, what questions might someone ask me during an interview for a position in learning and development? And you'll you'll get the, that outpouring as well. So you know, I'll start with you, Abianca. How do you try to be strategic with that and not just kind of the the copy and paste of you know pull this information in but you know do a little bit more in terms of how you can build those skills um you know highlight what you've done and then just kind of utilize that for interview prep now that i see it needs this i'm already kind of putting in my mind these are some questions that are going to be asked to me during the interview honestly i think one of the easiest and easiest kind of like a word i try not to use because what when you spend a lot of time doing something, it becomes easy. But for someone that doesn't want to touch AI, it could be like not easy. It's 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 groundbreaking for them. Right. But for me, one of the things that I really love to do is incorporate the specific role, like that 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 role that I really really want, putting it into Chat GPT and seeing exactly like what they think the industry and title specific questions would be. And while I have not used an interview prep yet, one of the things I do love doing is kind of testing myself 
to see what the response would be. So if I asked ChatGPT to ask me an interview question and I formulate it myself, if I were to answer this, insert my phrase, it's literally going to coach me through it and, and tell me what my pros and my cons were or where I where I lacked confidence at and where, hey, that was a really strong, you know, sense of, of terminology. Like, I, I like that. Um, I think that one of the cool parts to the interview prep, um, the name is, it's, it's leaving me, but there's an interview prep where, um, you can either be on camera or you can use the audio and it will tell you whether or not like your voice trembled or whether or not you sounded confident or if it sounded like a white lie, like it literally kind of says, mm, <laughs> you might want to rethink, you know, that, that statement, um, but for me, I mean, interview prep is is easy, but we can't forget the human aspect. A computer is great to reference, but there's nothing like AI is a tool. It's to be used as a tool. It's not used to be or shouldn't be used to replace human interaction mm -hmm. because a human is who is going to interview you, not a, a, a robot. Not, not yet, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So then Cedric, same question to you, you know, you know, as you're coaching people, what are some things that, that you tell them, you know, this is great to use, but, you know, maybe like she alluded to be wary of doing this too often or relying on this too much, things like that. I mean, so for me, it's kind of leaning on the idea of, you know, a human's going to interview you. Uh, what I, kind of essentially tell people to do or do myself and, and emphasize and kind of put into place, not just in interviews, but in general. And this, I kind of alluded to this being like my my one key takeaway, I think, from this whole conversation. Um, for anybody using the, you know, whatever GPT or whatever, you know, um, you know AI format you're using, um, create a persona, right? Actually input the persona that you are expecting to talk to or that you are hoping to get the information from. And what I mean by that is something like, you know, a prompt as simple as you will now assume the persona of a hiring manager with 25 years experience in X industry, and you've hired 200 people for this role. Enter, right? <laughs> Leave it there. Um, and actually you can ask it, do you, do you understand? And what it will respond is, Yes, I understand. I am now an HR manager, blah, 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 blah. How can I help you? Now you're talking to the HR manager. You're not talking to the system anymore. So you've, in essence, almost, almost <laughs> turn this computer into the person that you could ultimately end up being interviewed by. So from that point, the questions become very straightforward and, and simple, right? Blanket statements. What are some interview questions that I could be potentially asked whenever it comes to this job? They will run them down for you. Um, another aspect of what I always tell people to, or think about myself, honestly, is if this thing has all this information and it can provide you the questions, you can bet your MacBook that it's also going to provide the responses to. So don't just give me the, you know, the interview questions that I could be asked. Give me sample responses that are going to be most favorable. Mm -hmm. It'll do that too. So then that way you kind of already have a preemptive uh, plan and, and you already have some type of preparation in place. And then from there, you can kind of figure out, well, you know, my human aspects of uh, what relates to these, these questions. And one recommendation I always give is try to use as much narrative and personal story as possible when you're interviewing, just because it's easier to talk about yourself and the things that you've actively done versus trying to figure out 
how do I respond to this question in a way that makes me sound great? Like, just talk about what you've done, what you've accomplished. Um, but again, you can prep yourself by giving it that persona of whoever it is that you're you know, going to be talking to. Um, and then from there, you just pick the brain of that expert. Yeah, definitely. So then some of the other ways that I've seen people utilizing an AI throughout their job search is, is kind of more catered to the individual. So using it to build a network, um, connecting with people, you know, other job seekers, setting it up to, to have an algorithm to alert you to opportunities that kind of align with what you're already looking for. So um, Avianca, I'll start with you. You know, what are some of the ways that you try to utilize that or some of the ways that you have found that it's been beneficial in that, that it's catered specifically to you and, and kind of building your brand, building your network and, and staying uh, alerted to, to opportunities as they come through? Um, honestly, you kind of, everything you just touched base on is exactly, that's exactly it. Like the job alerts and making sure you're not subscribing to all of the job alerts, because again, like having a strategy on how, how to do it. And really like when you think about LinkedIn, it is a working algorithm. That is how it shows who you should follow or people that follow this person. You know, it, it gives you the momentum to, to try and tell you like, look, based on the jobs you've been applying for, here are five people that are in that industry that you should probably follow and connect with. Mm -hmm. I know there's, for whatever reason, there's like this, not for everyone, but most people, there's like this imposter syndrome of like, man, I don't want to hit that connect button first. Right. And it's literally like, why not? If they're in the industry, they're going to nine times out of 10 post about things within the industry. I know a lot of people are trying to break into tech, you know, so why wouldn't you use the algorithm? That's why it's created, you know, and, this, and the same thing with um, responding to um, I can't think of the algorithm, uh, the algorithm, there I go, the um, acronym, but it's like having other people's network within your, your thread. That's, that's also another way to kind of beef it up. Um, honestly, I mean, overall, when I think about like the opportunities to connect with people for jobs on LinkedIn, it's, it's, there's more to LinkedIn than just looking for a job. If you build out those connections mm -hmm. and use most of the AI powered tools that are already out there, whether it's on the job page or on your threads or on the you know frequent follower list, like it's it's there for a reason. So if you want to learn more about it, you have to connect with people who are talking about it. People like Cedric, people like you know people that know the things about AI. If you want to break break the barrier, mm -hmm. Cedric, anything that to add to that? Yeah, I, I think there's just a lot to be said about leveraging um, you know, some of the, I guess, more basic tools, if you want to call them that. Uh, even, you know, I, I think I made a post earlier, it was more so talking about, you know, there's, of course, all these benefits to doing a lot of different, you know, stuff. And, you know, we have Social Saturday and, and that whole connection thing. Mm -hmm. But what I realized just this past week was that, I mean, within LinkedIn, you can create a group chat, I think of like up to maybe 50 people in a, you know, so what did I do? I was like, I want to help educators join this group chat with me. And it's like a, just a party chat of like shared information and resources and actually connecting with people. So yes, we're still using technology. Yes, we're still leveraging the algorithm, whoever saw that post or whatever. Um, but from there, you know, you can build, right, and create a springboard of, of different things. And I mean, I guess related to 
you know, the AI context of the conversation, some of the the most simple things you can do is, of course, have it actually, you know, prepare language or verbiage that you can send out to people. Because I know that there are definitely situations where, uh, as as I'll be kind of, you know, alluded to, you know, she's talking like the imposter syndrome of, well, how do I talk to this person or whatever? It's like, well, you don't necessarily have to formulate that that idea or that, you know, intro anymore. You can go in and be like, hey, I'm I'm trying to create a connection request with this type of person or this whatever. What are, you know, what can I say to, you know, and it doesn't have to be like anything creepy or underlying. It's just like, I don't know how to introduce myself and I don't feel comfortable writing this. This is what I want to say. Can you help me? It will give you, you know, at least a template or something like that. So that from there, you know, you, you reach out to people and it's not really you thinking so much of like, how do I, how do I address this person? It's just like, you know, keep the template, copy and paste it, send it to them. And then from there, it's like, can we have a coffee chat? Let's get on a, a Zoom call. And now you can just be human and, and leverage the tool, you know? So that's that's kind of where I'm leaning with it. It's just, how can you use it, uh, the technology um, in, in those cases, but also have it basically trend and kind of tear and skew directly toward the ultimate goal, which is the human connection. Exactly. And you can even tailor it to, you know, you know, um, with certain connection requests, when you can send your note, there's a there's a character limit. So, you know, you can even say it has to be a minimum of this, you know, say a lot in a little bit of, of time and it can help you there too. And then like Cedric said, you got to make it your own. There you go. You just made a connection, like <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. And I connect with almost everybody. So <laughs> if people follow me, I, I if you send me a follow request, I send you a connection. Like just because I don't, I don't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't really cost, it doesn't cost anything. So you know, there are people I think who are just kind of like me, like whatever, connect, yeah, unless it's, you know, unless it's like a red flag, you know, uh, profile or something. It's like, no, if you seem like you are in this space, in this industry, whatever, who knows what could come from it. Exactly. Yeah. As long as they ask, you know, what's a non-weird way I can try to connect <laughs> and you'll get that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then Cedric, you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but just wanted to ex expand a bit as our last question as part of this discussion. So when people are starting to utilize AI, um, you know, for their job search, for resume tips, um, you know, interview prep, are there any ethical considerations, you know, any biases that candidates need to be aware of as they're using this tool, preparing for these types of things? You know, what are, how do you coach them to to be wary of of that type of thing as they're going through pre preparation for their interview or putting together their resume? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there's consideration for you know for bias, and I mean, you have to think about and. I think most recently with the information I've seen is that some, a lot of the systems have gotten better with, even with uh, kind of the adaptations and implementation of, um, you know, some of the the visual creation, like that you might see in, in like GPTs and things like that, um, where they can produce those images. Whereas before you would ask for a certain image and you'd get a certain output, not necessarily representative of like what you were even looking for, right? Um, which is always questionable. But I, my understanding is those things have gotten a little better. But I again, I would always be kind of cautious and weary of like inputting personal information, anything that's sensitive, um, and just really focus it more so on the skill set, like what makes you great, and you know, go building from there, right? Using these these key points about my experience, my expertise, not my age, not where mm -hmm. I went to college, any of those things. It's just like, well, this is what I've done, right? These are the things that I've accomplished these are the awards i've won 
um, then going in and, and referencing those things specifically so that you don't necessarily have to even consider that this is going to be a bias because I'm black or because I'm a woman or any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So focus really on solid metrics, the, you know, the hard set kind of data points, um, your real experiences, the things that you've been through, lived, um, and ultimately the things that you can prove as to why you would be an asset to whatever company or organization that you're planning to go into, regardless of where you come from, what you look like or whatever. All right. Ali, same question. You know, what, what do you try to be wary of as you use it? The reality. <laughs> you have It's almost like you can't expect I mean, as smart as a smartphone is, as smart as an, a generator can be, you have to read what it puts out. Mm -hmm. I, I've literally seen people just take the whole thing, throw it together, and they're like, "Woo, that's, that's going to be fire. And it's like, you didn't read down to the very bottom where, you know, ChatGPT may have been unbiased or provided, you know, just something that wasn't factual. You know, misrepresentation is big. It, this is this is your brand. This is your your platform. It's a professional platform. I would say read it to a T, make sure that it fully understood the assignment, make sure that it understood what, you know, your approach was, what the end goal was. And, you know, just you have to never get that comfortable, you know, even with our own work, when we produce it ourselves, we read it, we have someone else read it, we edit it, we edit it again. And so you need to treat chat GPT, AI, all, all the same way. You have to just double check yourself before you. <laughs> That's so good. That was, yeah, because. And I don't know if anybody else on the call can recognize this or realize it, but sometimes when you read things, yeah, I came up with this phrase in my head. I'm like, your AI is sticking out. Like you can kind of tell sometimes. And it, that's a it's a real thing. If you if you tamper with this stuff enough, you get into the flow of understanding like how responses can be formulated. And you're like, mm, those emojis in front of all of those bullet points. I've seen that before, you know. So it's I just thinking about those things too. I, yeah, I mean, you made an amazing point. Yeah, it's it's true. And I, like you said, the more of us that that use it, there are some people. And I mean, I'm not here to knock you, but like we we see the AI AI written all over that. Like it's it's not you. It's not your tone. It's not how you talk and all of your other posts. It's not you. And that's why you know, as we all said, all three of us, putting your your tone to it, you know, going back through and like, ah, I don't talk like that. Let me, let me put something that I would say, you know, mm -hmm. robot, <laughs> don't depend on the robot. Like use your brain still. It's a tool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So then before I let you both go, and I, I know you both do a lot of stuff, very active on LinkedIn and, you know, host a lot of discussions and share a lot of links, everything like that. Um, so before I let you go, I'll start with you, Avi, um, you know, what do you want to plug? Where can people find you, connect with you? And what are you doing? Then Cedric, take some time. I know you already plugged the book. Do that again. You know, anything else that, that you're working on, but both of you take some time to, to just kind of share all the projects and, and all the good that you're doing throughout these networks. All right. Well, I'm Avianca Manning. You can find me at linkedin.com forward slash N forward slash Avianca Manning. No spaces, no dashes. Um, I'm on a short little hiatus right now of like popping out on the timeline with all the jobs and things, but I will be back and I can't wait to connect and reconnect with all of my connections. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm Cedric Scott Jr. Uh, pretty sure on LinkedIn, you'll see like my little <laughs> M ed for master education at the end of my name too. Uh, and yeah, you can connect with me there. 
uh, questions about AI or anything like that, even like that chat bot, um, people can reach out. Um, I, I respond to DMs all the time. It's, it's not a thing. Um, and yeah, I did mention the book. So there's this is feasible. You can grab it. Um, it's on Amazon. It's on my website, uh, eduhustle.co, E-D-U-H-U-S-T-L-E dot C-O. Uh, if you need you know anything related to supports, um, getting into AI, related to the job search. And yeah, I'm just moving around a lot there between uh, LinkedIn and of course the website and get a lot of different resources and things like that. Um, one other thing I wanted to kind of throw out to people as well is I'm really pushing in terms of uh, supporting educators and trying to create a bridge directly to opportunity. Um, so there is actually uh, an educator database, uh, database that I created um, where again, it's a simple Google form on the site, you can input your information, you automatically get logged into it. I send out emails about opportunities and resources, and I'm also in the process of connecting with um, other people in recruiting and HR and trying to really, again, create the bridge between job seeker and the actual person who is you know, awarding or offering the opportunity so that there's not so much gray space in between. So uh, join the database and hopefully I can help some people. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. So if you're watching this on YouTube or listen to it, you have questions regarding AI and how you can utilize it, feel free to visit LinkedIn, uh, you know, leave a comment on the post or message either one of them. Uh, but we thank you for all for listening, for watching. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon.